Welcome back to the Christmas and Guitar Podcast. It's your host, Jack Hartley, and I would like to introduce you to Group G today. Group G is going to be a very compelling group uh, containing uh, a popular upset pick, along with a popular champion pick, alongside two other fairly solid, solid rosters. So let's head straight in to this group containing uh, Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland, and, and Cameroon. Brazil is really where you have to start, for sure, because the roster that Brazil can put together for this World Cup is unlike anything else you'll see. They have perhaps the two best world uh, goalkeepers in the entire world, in Alisson and Ederson at the back, and I think they're going to be able to use them in a way that no other team can rely on their goalkeepers to be used. You've got players like... Uh, in front of them that have the ability to take these brilliant passes that you're going to see sprayed out from the back and do real magic with them. So they'll be able to, you know, not always play out of the defense. And I think that's critical to breaking down some of these tougher low blocks that you're going to see set up against Brazil. Uh, but that's not to say your defense is, is unimportant. Because it certainly is. You've got you've got solid solid players, right? You got players like uh, uh, Marquinhos, uh, Eder Militeo, Bremer, and Gabriel Mazalis are probably going to be your your starters. But then you've you've got tough players on the bench and a lack of depth, and this is the real problem. You have a, a fading aging Thiago Silva. You've got uh, Roger Abanez, not much there. Then you've also got, gosh, Emerson Real, who, against all odds, maintains a starting job in a, a case where he really doesn't deserve it, but I guess Spurs just don't have any other options due to their, you know, small club status. Uh, he's just really having a, a tough go out of it at Spurs, much like the whole club. Lofty expectations again coming to the year for Spurs that just haven't been met. And then he's looking over at the man who's passed him on Brazil's depth chart, Gabriel Magalhaes, who is having a great season for Arsenal. Young player, on the rise. Exactly what you want to see if you're if you're managing this team. So yeah, Real disappointing. Uh, Marquinhos, the opposite. Marquinhos having a great season. But we're not really going to talk about the, the defense for that long for Brazil. Because that's not where they're going to win games. They have absolutely spectacular players coming up front. Including perhaps uh, one of the better players in the entire world. In uh, Manchester United's Anthony. Anthony, great skill. Has that ability from the wing, like nobody else, to cut inside and provide that attacking threat. That far curler into the, the corner of the net. And then he's going to be playing with, with players like Arsenal's Gabriel Jesus, having a brilliant season for Arsenal. And, uh, you know, Vinny Jr. for Real, also a solid player. And Neymar, who is uh, Neymar. I'm not sure what else you could, you can say about Neymar at this point. Everyone has their opinions. He's a, a flashy player, but has the talent to, to stick in this Brazil side, has that, that staying ability. And then in the midfield, 
the men who are going to be looking to just feed these attackers are uh, great players. Casemiro, what a player that is. And Casemiro can even get his own goals. You saw against Chelsea uh, just the last weekend, a brilliant header just crossed the line. Casemiro, awesome player. Uh, Fabinho is going to be working with him. Rodrigo is also looks strong. Uh, Bruno Guimaraes for Newcastle. What a season he's having. He might end up working his way into the, the starting lineup here. And then you, you just look around. Roberto Firmino. You know, Rafinha, solid player. There's so many options available to Brazil. And they don't need terrible, terrible options that they, they've had to rely on in the past, like, like Richarlison playing for, for Spurs. Again, disappointing season for Spurs. Just uh, not what you were looking for, uh, despite the supporters thinking, you know, title favorites. Just wasn't there this season. So, yeah, Brazil's going to be able to score at will. It's why many people see them as the favorites. I would, I would put them just a peg below Argentina, just because of the recent form of some of their players. And the amount of spurs that appear to be on their roster, it's it's really not good. I would recommend replacing Charleston on the roster with... Uh, with Bruno Umchapeo rather de Inverno. Uh, Umchapeo de Inverno is a very solid player who can bolster that sort of right side of the midfield that Richarlison really has just failed to do for years. Uh, he's a player who can make things happen, uh, rack up the assists, and really give you that, that threat coming back so that you won't be caught out for any potential counterattack against a lesser lesser opponent. So yeah, uh, Um Chapeau de Inverno is a, a real difference maker for Brazil. But will he make the difference against groupmates Serbia? Serbia are quite the team to watch at this World Cup because Serbia are going to have a really tough time proving to the world that they're capable of what they believe because they just don't have the same name brands despite having success already against the, the giants of the world. Uh, Serbia, of course, securing automatic UEFA year uh, qualification due to a last-second victory against Portugal, uh, led at the back by a, a very solid uh, group of defense and, and goalkeepers, players like Vlakia uh, Milinkovic-Savic, who's likely going to end up starting for Serbia. Uh, even a very interesting case for uh, New England Revelations, Georgi Petrovic, who's likely going to secure a move to Europe uh, any day now, to be honest, and has just had a, an amazing season in, in MLS. Good enough, surely good enough to warn a spot on the squad. And then helping those goalkeepers out will be in the defense. Awesome players like uh, like Nikola Milinkovic, uh, Milos Vekovic, uh, Ethan Masovic, Serdin Babic. Just players that you really want to rely on if you're Serbia. Because of their quality, their, uh, their passion at the back, their commitment to defending. And also their they're players who can, on those set pieces, rise above and find that ball its way into the net. 
But then again, of course, you don't want to be uh, relying on your defense to, to score all the goals for you. And that's why they're, they're surely their star man, uh, Alexander Mitrovic from Fulham, is going to come into play. Mitrovic, a player that many clubs in the world would like to have right now. But he's found a home at Fulham and is scoring like mad. Uh, Sergei Milinkovic-Savic will be on his wings, along with uh, Dusan Glahovic, uh, Luka Jovic, also a very solid player. But for Serbia, I think the key is going to be whether they have the quality in the midfield to hold possession. Because this is a team that doesn't have the speed necessarily to win a counter-attacking game of football. So they're going to need to be a team that holds the ball for the majority of the game. And can they do that against the quality that Brazil has? Maybe if Richarlison's playing, but not against them otherwise. I think a midfielder that could really help with that would be uh, players like uh, Sergei Zenatska Soda. Zenatska Soda is a player who can provide exactly what you're looking for for Serbia. That player who can stay on the ball and not give it up player who can dominate possession for your team and help you advance out of this very tough group. And I think the reason that Serbia is going to have such a a tough time with this group is because of uh, groupmate Switzerland. But first, uh, a message from one of our sponsors. At North Star Bets, We're looking to provide wins for our customers. North Star Bets is the best place for all of your sports betting needs because of all of the spoils of victory you will find. From betting on the World Cup to betting on your favorite hockey games, North Star Bets is willing to take your money and leave you with a sense of competition. Join North Star Bets today with a $40 welcome bonus and the ability to play responsibly. Remember, always play responsibly. Welcome back to the podcast, and uh, I guess we'll pick up where we left off with, in my mind, the third best team in this group, uh, another UEFA team, uh, Switzerland who is a mainstay at this World Cup, the Swiss. And they have the the power to advance to the knockout stages. They've done it before. They have the squad ready to, to challenge a team like Serbia, if not even a team like Brazil, to advance out of this group. Switzerland, uh, not a stranger to pulling off surprise upsets. They've done it many times in the past. And, uh, yeah, but the problem you're going to see with Switzerland, is that they just, much like Serbia, don't have the ability to hold the ball. They're relying constantly on the shot-stopping and duel-winning abilities of their goalkeepers and defenders. And for Switzerland, that's been a winning strategy because they have a brilliant keeper in uh, in Jan Sommer, who just won a game against Bayern, of all teams, for, for, uh, for his club in, in Germany who has the ability to steal games, something that Switzerland are shortly going to need in the games where they're not favored. So yeah, when we keep on looking uh, around Switzerland, 
we see new blood everywhere, where I think this team is going to change and morph into something that we haven't seen in the past. Uh, you see players who have really come on as of late, like uh, Manuel and Kanji for, for Manchester City, or Fabian Schaar for, for Newcastle. And you're seeing more and more this pathway between Switzerland and England, which is really benefiting players. It used to be more of a German side, but the English development system is really playing into the hands of what Switzerland wants to play, that more controlled style of football, rather than uh, a system relying on individual brilliance, because they just don't have the, the ability to do that. That is, of course, because a bit of a lack, to be honest, of talent in their, their midfield core, their, their attacking core. You've got players who have been around a long time, like uh, Granit Xhaka, or, or Noah Okafor, or even uh, Harris Seferovic, who has scored massive goals for, for Switzerland in the past. But at some point, you're just asking your team to do too much. And I think that's what Switzerland is doing. Uh, they might need to rely on a performance from one of their better newer players, uh, Hans Ein Marmolova. Ein Marmolova is a very, very quality player. Uh, a player who can create his own offense and provide those individual moments of brilliance that Switzerland have relied on to win in the past and hopefully don't need as much in this tournament but they do need some of it for sure so yeah Ein Marmolova uh, gonna be moved to Europe very soonly or I should say not moved to Europe moved to England very soon and I think a, a player like Ein Marmolova signals the the resurgence we've seen in Swiss in Swiss football. Something that maybe we could use a bit when talking about the next team, uh, Cameroon. Cameroon is someone with uh, low expectations. It's a team that really knows who they are, uh, underperformed during qualifying, performed, I would say, adequately at AFCON, but they just don't have the, the talent to move on. So we'll just quickly go through them they, they really won't have ability to do much of this world cup you've got you've got andre onana at the back what can you say about andre onana uh plays for inter a player who has led inter to success in the past but uh just isn't up there with the kind of quality of keepers you'll see at this tournament and then in the they're 11 they're or 10 rather up front, you're going to see players like uh, Christopher Woe, Jean-Charles Cazzietto, not what you're looking for if you're trying to win matches at a World Cup, Brian Mbumbo, who plays for Brentford, having a, an okay season, but really uh, someone you'd expect more from him. Cameroon just don't have the ability to, to really attack at this World Cup, and I think they're really a, a symbol of what Africa has struggled with at the World Cup, just a lack of identity. Everyone knows what you're talking about when you're talking about English football, when you're talking about uh, Spanish football, French football, Italian football. And many African nations are starting to lean into those identities uh, by sending their players to France or to England. But Cameroon has yet to do that. Their players come from a variety of backgrounds. So Cameroonian football just lacks an identity and lacks that panache you're looking for from, from a solid team 
with the exception of one player, because Cameron has the one man in this tournament who can flip a group on its head. And that is, of course, going to be Jacques Atocolon, the Parachoc de Convé de la Liberté. Autocolon, uh, the Parachoc de Convoy de la Liberté, is a very interesting player. A player who might be the fastest and strongest uh, player at this tournament. Uh, he can outrun Kylian Mbappe and he can win a battle against Virgil van Dijk. But does he have the IQ, the football intelligence, to make a real mark at this World Cup? And I don't know. Time will tell. Time will tell. So, that's the group. Uh, to recap the predictions, Brazil, uh, a likely finalist at this World Cup, I would say. Second favorite to Argentina. Serbia likely to come in second in this group because of the, the talent of, of Alexander Mitrovic. Switzerland, uh, a solid third-place team, uh, lacks, they're not a beneficiary of this format of the tournament, and Cameroon, somewhat hopeless, to be honest. So yeah, Brazilian fans, I hope you're happy. Uh, Swiss fans, Cameroonian fans, don't be too mad. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Remember to leave a five-star review, helps us out. Thank you for listening.